This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gon' turn up, but the defense gon' win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome to the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Got a special guest on today. We're going to hunker down with Bulldog great, Bulldog legend, and also a damn good dog, however you want to describe him. His name is Richard Samuel. He joins the show. Richard, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing wonderful, man. It's another blessed day. Can't complain. How about you? You know, if I complain, nobody would listen, so... Um, it's a blessed day, so uh, the, the sun came up, and uh, it will probably, hopefully, come up tomorrow. So um, I'm happy to be here, happy to have you join the show. So uh, one of the things that Chad told me about you um, was that you enrolled at Georgia at 16 years old. I knew you were young when you came in as a freshman, but I didn't realize you were how I didn't realize you were that young. How did that happen? Um, well, I, I was born in Saint Croix, the Virgin Islands. And the education there, it's a little difficult. I was in public, I mean, private school. So when I moved to Georgia, they, based off my age, they wanted to help me back to grade. My mother wouldn't allow them to. Okay. So you just kind of advanced through. So and I, was, I was young for my grade, and I graduated high school early. And because of that, allowed me to be at Georgia at 16. I think for, I was, for two months, I was 16 years at Georgia. So what's that like being 16 years old, 17 years old on a college campus? Ah oh, man, it's 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 a it's a big culture shock. So it's a big culture shock because it's I feel like so like a fish in a big in the ocean, a small fish in the ocean, and trying to figure out what to do, try to find my way. But at the same time, UGA they had so many people there to help guide that make the transition easy for me. And plus, there was um my three three other roommates we all came in early at the same time so was able to lean heavily on each other to help that transition as well and did you take summer classes to kind of get used to uh being in a college class yes sir yeah yeah they had us enrolled in may master as well as summer classes through june and july what did you major in sports management okay good deal man well uh let's talk a little bit about football um you know you come in at 17 years old i imagine it's it's uh it's pretty tough going against you know uh, you know going coming into a program like uga 
Uh, but one of my favorite moments that you had uh, was that ADR touchdown run against Arkansas, I think in 2014, I believe. And uh, take me through that. Oh, man, that was I, – actually, that might have been 2009. So that's when I was. That's when I earned or gained the starting running back position. Okay, and 2009, when, yes. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Started the running back position. Once again, like you said, I was 17. Didn't really – one thing I guess that my mindset is I didn't really grasp how big of a opportunity that was. So that was a good, that was a bad. Good in the sense of I wasn't that, I wasn't too jittery. I wasn't too nervous. But bad in the sense of I feel like I should have done more to capitalize on that. But that 80-yard run in Arkansas, I mean, it's, I mean, it just felt like, hey, we dropped the play. Our linemen did exactly what they're supposed to do. Our fullback did exactly what he's supposed to do. And the sea had, I mean, the the, the, the block opened. Yes. The sea had parted. There was no one there in sight. I mean, there's one guy, he might have been two or three yards off to the side. I just had to do run a little wiggle. And it was all foot race. At that point, I was always determined if I was to ever break free, I can never get caught. Man, that, you know, I, I remember watching that game and, and just being, you know, the years all run together at this point. Um, so, you know, 2009 feels like 2014 feels like, you know, at, at this point and, and the way the world is going, time is almost kind of frozen. But, yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, Richard Samuel moments. Um, another one was, you know, you come in to uh, to close the game against Florida. Um, I believe it was your senior year. Um, yes, come in, sir. Come in to close the game against Florida. I was always, you know, I, I grew up playing fullback in high school and things like that. And, and uh, the art of the, the closer – uh, at the running back position is is an art not lost on me. So how does how does that feel to see half the stadium empty as you're just pounding on the Gators? I mean, that, that was an amazing feeling. That now that game that's that was a different mindset, a different zone for me because I just remember going over the bridge because every year we had a bridge to go over that we could see the stadium, and I was just completely in the zone of whatever I needed to do whenever my number was called that I'm going to do that to the best of my ability to help the team win. I wasn't certain if it was going to be special teams or at the running back position. I just knew that I needed to be ready for whenever they did call me, I was ready to excel and ready to win at what I needed to do for my job. Absolutely, man. And it was, uh, it was a job well done. I mean, I, I think, I think just the elation of breaking that, uh, I guess breaking that losing streak against Florida um, was was also just something that was, you know, a lot of Georgia fans were just elated to see you come in and just just drive the final nail in the coffin. So yes, uh, yes. So let's let's uh, let's kind of talk about recruiting. You know, uh, what what was the recruiting process like for you? It was um, it was it was I like what made me chose Georgia was the personal aspect of the recruiting process first there was um some coach bobo and stacy serials and coach ball those are the three main coaches that i was very involved with and they made me feel more of a individual than an athlete there were some other places i went to visit that they were just more worried about me being an athlete than me as an individual and that's the main aspect that i love that draw me into georgia and then the more i dig deep into georgia and understand the history and some of the, the amazing athletes that came through the program and then the, the history of the program, 
it was just a no-brainer. Like, this is home for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you chose it. Um, so, you know, just that personal aspect can go a, a long way. Who was, uh, who was the runner-up? I'm just curious. Who would you have chosen uh, had Georgia not had Georgia not been recruiting you? I think I would have chosen Clemson because they want they would allow me to play both ways, running back and linebacker. Okay, that's interesting, and they have a lot of good tradition too with the with the Howard Rock and the Hill and all that stuff. So um, that would have yes, been a sir. good choice, but I'm, I'm glad you chose the Dogs um, nonetheless. Uh, practice. How, how intense was practice when you got here? Practice was rough. It was rough for me. I remember my excuse me, the, in the spring of the first – my first time practicing in the spring when I first enrolled early, I saw Caleb King. He was running the ball to the left, and the on the defensive end on the right side caught him on the opposite side of the ball, and that was big eye-opening, like, wow. You know, we have a big guy coming across the field from the opposite side of the ball and making a play. That was impressive. That was the one thing I remember that was so impressive. Like, okay, this, this is a whole nother ball game for playing high school ball. Mm-hmm. It's just the speed of the game is just ramped up immensely. Yes. yes. So, who was the most intense coach on the, on the offensive side of the ball? On offense, I'll say Coach Bobo. Yeah, he, Coach he's, Bobo, he, 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 he always me. had the fire. Yeah, he always had the fire in him. So let's let's – I want you to help me break this myth. There's there's a myth going around with Georgia fans that that Coach Rick was very laid back and not very intense and things like that. What what was he like at practice? What was he like on the sidelines during games? And how was it different? Oh man, he he he's fired up. He now he may not be too out there, kind of like how um, Coach Sarles was, Stacy Sarles, mm-hmm. but he he was fired up. He was definitely had the fire. He had the desire. I mean, he, he didn't take anything lightly. There's times at practice that if we're, you know, halfway doing it, he would get in someone's face and get him to tell him to start over and start running. He he was one of those in-your-face type of coaches. He kept his composure a little bit more on the sidelines, but when it comes to practice and definitely inside the locker rooms during halftime of the game, oh, man, he would definitely treat you out and he let you know, hey, you are – Slipping on what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not going to get your job done, get to the side, put somebody else in there. So he, yeah, he wasn't halfway. He wasn't kind-hearted, if you might say, when it comes to game time. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think you know, and I'm glad you broke that myth for me. I'm glad everything was. Uh, I'm glad everything was just. Uh, you know that we can figure out that Coach Rick wasn't checked out and things like that. So. Um, let's talk about the current. Let's talk about the current team. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on on like this year's team? What are your thoughts on the job that Kirby Smart's done since he's come in? Man, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, job Kirby. Kirby's done a really, really great job just from seeing guys perform and also talk to some of the um, team chaplains, some of the guys that um, what's his name, um, Brian Grant. I mean, Gant just listening of the transition and the difference in the type of mindset that Kirby has within the locker room and within the program. I mean, he has that driven, has that we're going to win, has that everyone has to fight for their position every single day type mentality in the locker room, which, as you see, got us to where it was playing in the, in the playoffs, got us where it's playing in the um, SEC championship. So I'm excited to see what he continues to do with the number of athletes he got coming in, especially some of those 
great running backs to have coming in as well. So uh, evaluate the running back position. Like we got Zamir White, James Cook, and then you know Kenny McIntosh, and then some of the uh, new guys coming in like Kendall Milton and I think uh, Dywan Edwards, if I pronounce that right. So what what are your thoughts on the on the current running back situation? It's it's tough. I mean, like you said, we have look at the guys we have coming back, Zamir White and Cook, and there's some good ass. I mean, we have a guy that he can pound you, but he can also take to the house. But then we also have a guy that kind of like a Thomas Brown type running back. So we have that's already there who already have gameplay SEC D1 experience. But then we have some of them younger athletes. I mean, this is another guy coming up, I forgot his name, but um, he, he runs the ball kind of like Todd, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the bigger guy. He's shifty, but he has speed as well. So what you can do with a talent like that? You're going to redshirt him or you're going to, you know, you're going to play him? It's hard to see. So, I mean, we have some great, great athletes coming in. So I'm excited to see how we utilize their abilities. And I feel uh, just from seeing what Kirby has done with the program, I feel that he will find a way to implement those guys' talents and abilities around the playbook or for, uh, make a playbook around them. Yeah, I'm not, I think he's. I think he's not a uh, force feed your system type type of person. I think with. Uh, I think he realizes, you know, with this most recent hire of Todd Monken, I think he realizes that you have to fit your system with your players. And I think that our the the receivers that Georgia has recruited uh, to match the running backs, and then you have a dynamic weapon who can do just kind of a little bit of everything with James Cook. I think you bring in a guy like Todd Monken who's gonna. I think take advantage of matchups and things like that and try to get James Cook out in space and so that he can use maybe three, maybe even four uh, running backs uh, throughout the course of the season. So, uh, what, you know, what are your thoughts on the, on the direction of the, the offense and, and do you know much about Todd Monken? I do not know much. I mean, I know, you know before he came to Georgia, he has a definitely good streak of success. So like, kind of like what you said, the fact that he's willing to or he has the ability to build his playbook around his athletes, that's what I'm excited to see. That's one thing that I've noticed throughout my five years at Georgia. We have a ton of great talent, even on the field and on the sideline. So if we can find a way to utilize everyone's talent and keep people fresh, I mean, we can we can dominate. We can really make some things happen and, and interchange, you know, put, like you said, four running backs throughout the entire season. You don't usually see four running backs playing. You always see one, maybe two maybe three, but have four to utilize, and each has a different weapon, mm-hmm. oh, man, that would be amazing. I can't wait. Uh, you were did, – did you – were you on the team that went out to Oklahoma State? Was that, was that your freshman year, or was that the year before Yes. That? Yeah, so yeah. So, th- I think Monken was there. What do you think about – what did you think about that Oklahoma State team? I think that's – I think that was his first year as coordinator. I mean, they were good. I mean, they, they, they came ready to play. They executed. They moved for yeah, – they were – that was a good team. I remember that. So that I think that I think you can expect that level of, of explosiveness. Um, I believe Des Bryant was on that team. Um, if I remember yes, he correctly. was. Yep, Des was. Yeah. What was it like seeing him in person? <laughs> was he on a whole nother level? He was. I mean, kind of reminds me of AJ. I mean, just amazing athletes. They they make plays. It, it just doesn't happen. They make them happen. Were you in awe of AJ of AJ Green in practice? Yes. Does he, does he make those highlight type catches in practice? Yes, he does. And the thing is, is his demeanor. It's, it just seems so laid back, but it's like, wow, where'd this come from? Out of someone so laid back. 
It's almost and laid it just, back, but laser focused is, is kind of how I how I see yes. Green. Yes, he he was always tuned in. He was always tuned in, always laid back, but he once again he just made plays. You, you can't you can't go wrong there. So, um, what what do you think was the toughest place for for you guys to play on on the road? Toughest place. Um, I want to. Mm, that's a tough one. And and do you think it's a, do you think it's changed? Yeah. Do you think your opinion has changed based on what you know from the outside looking in now? A little bit, a little bit. I think the the most <laughs> the most annoying place to play was um, South Carolina with that with that, uh, that rooster, that whatever that game cop, whatever it is, yeah, making that noise every freaking yeah. two minutes. It was awful. And it felt like you were in a techno club too, right? Yes, I just hated playing in that stadium. It was just awful and annoying. Did it? Did it feel like? Did it feel like you were in Hell's waiting room too, with the with the temperatures <laughs> usually there at that time of yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost seemed yeah. like it was always a hundred degrees, sun beating down on you. So, um, so South Carolina, that's interesting. I think uh, I think Chad Chad Glore. He when I when I talked to him on this show, he said his. His favorite place was South Carolina on the road because uh, I guess he's more into techno music than you are. So um, that kind of struck him as as one of his favorite places. Uh, what did you, you know, I'm going to circle back to Georgia, Florida. Was it weird having that half and half crowd? What was that like? The first time I saw it as a freshman, it was in a, I mean, it was amazing to see. Like, just, it's a, it's a true split. You can see it. There's no where you have to look real hard. It's a true split. And just being on the middle of the field, can, looking around and say, wow half Georgia, half Florida. It was, oh, it's one of those amazing feelings that you don't get too often or you don't get doing too many things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a unique experience. I went to about seven of them as a fan, um, and it's it's a surreal experience. I've sat on both sides, actually, uh, depending on where my ticket source came from. So um, it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely an experience. And, um, and it's definitely weird seeing one side of the, the stadium – it uh, it clears out versus the other where it's still going still going crazy. So, um, do you with the current running backs? Do you have you have you reached out to any of them? Have you given them any sort of advice? Uh, no, sir, I have not. I've never been able to reach out and communicate with any of them. Okay. Um, so, some advice. Uh, is there any advice that you've received along the way that might have stuck with you? That you know that one piece of advice from one of the coaches or somebody at the university saying. Uh, telling you something, or maybe even something at hi- in high school that someone told you that stuck with you? I would say the one thing is to, well, it's, it's kind of two. One, make sure you know your job and you do your job the best of your ability. And the other second thing is what you, it's all, you do this during the off season. Make sure you are physically prepared to do that job. When I say from the running back position, the main things are catching, blocking, and being able to run with the ball. You learn all – meaning agility. You learn all that during the offseason. So spend your time in the offseason making sure that you are honing in on those skills and those abilities so whenever it comes to game time and you know your job, you can do your job to your best ability. Those are the two main things for a running back or almost any athlete. And would you, you have to be able to do – go ahead. I said would you echo that to uh... – to the current incoming freshman? Oh, yes, definitely. Spend the offseason, make sure that you're ready. And then when it comes time, 
make sure that you know your plays, make sure you know who you're supposed to pick up, make sure you know what transition to who and how to go on the block and run the routes. So yeah, those are two main things, physical and mental preparedness. So um, I'm going I'm to uh, take, take the point of you saying learning your plays and stuff like that. How, what's the, what do you think, what worked for you as far as learning your responsibilities and learning your job? What worked for you the best and, and what do you think would be a good strategy for these incoming freshmen to learn the playbook? say just um i said for me just try to match certain things match words with what you're supposed to kind of make them easier to remember i know of course with offense or running back you know you have your evens and you have your odds so that's the common sense but then you have the play names that you got to figure out okay this name means this and just try to have some type of key that will match it with something that is automatic for you in your mind you know, like power. We have a power play. Well, power is straight down the middle, you know, mm-hmm. straight ahead. Yeah. Toss, you know, 24 toss where we toss it to the right because you got to go outside. So just little things that makes it, it keeps a trigger in your mind to where you can think fast and say, hey, this word means resembles to this, so I know I have to do this job. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like word association, things like that. That's yes, good. You know, something that you learn as an elementary school student, uh, those mnemonic devices to try to get you to remember what you're supposed to do. That's, uh, you know, that, that seems very, very simple. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you touched on that. So, um, Richard, you, you said you majored in sports management. What are you, uh, what are you up to these days? Well, currently I'm in, um, I'm investment in real estate. So I have my real estate license. I've been on license for about five years now. And <clears throat> I work with, um, other investors to help purchase property as well as I manage the properties for them. Okay. So that's, uh, it, that market's got to be booming right now, right? Matt, let me tell you, I had a client, uh, it's a, it's a, this is a resale residential. Okay. I had a client that we just closed on a home last Thursday. His price point was under $200,000 and we, we put in probably five offers at asking price and above asking price, we got outbid every single time. So wow. the market is hot and it's moving. Good deal. Are you in the Atlanta area? Yes, sir, I am. How can uh, how can Georgia fans get in touch with you as far as uh, with your business and and you know social media, all that stuff? Oh, of course, yes. Georgia fans, um, shoot, my cell is 770-547-7675. Social media, um um on facebook it's just richard samuel instagram richard underscore a underscore samuel and that's the best way to reach me or text call i'll be quick to answer and like i said if you have if anyone have any questions in regards to anything in regards to real estate i'll be more than glad to answer I don't feel any obligations or anything i just want to give the information to help you heard it there Georgia fans, Re- reach out to him. He- he's going to be a he's going to be a real estate mogul here pretty soon. So, uh, Richard, I- I'm going to offer this challenge to everyone I talk to or every alumni I talk to. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to call out two teammates, and we're going to try to get them on the show. Two teammates. Um, who-, who are you calling out? I'll say Tavares King and um, Rennie Kern. Okay, I like that. Tavares, Rennie, you're up. You've been challenged. Uh, 
So yeah, I, I think uh, I think Chad he 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 said you, and I think he said T, uh, TK. So I think uh, Tavares is getting uh, he's going to get some added pressure, I guess, from you to to, to jump on. So um, Richard, I would love to have you back. It, you're welcome anytime. Um, and even if with the teammates that you just called out, if you want to join with those teammates, uh, you are more than welcome to. Um, and we can uh, we can have you on as a guest host and uh, things like that. So I don't know if you'd be interested in that, but you don't have to answer that right now. But I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, so, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Most definitely. I'm I, anything I can do to help. I I'm more than glad to willing to help. If you call, hey. I'm here to help. Just give me a reach out and let me know when and what time. All right, Richard. Well, let's talk soon. And uh, again, uh, I'll give you a good hearty go, dogs. And uh, I appreciate you going on. I appreciate you coming on the show. All right, yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Richard. Thank you, man. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for podcasting professionals. Uh, that was Richard Samuel. He's a damn good dog. Always has been, always will be. Uh, so uh, he left his contact information. Hit him up. Uh, find us uh, find us, and hit us up on social media at Believe in Dogs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can also uh, catch us anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate us, um, and uh, give us some feedback and, and let us know how we're doing. So uh, with that, um, that wraps up the show. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. And as always, go dogs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.